get on them. The team presents The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, The Team. Nine o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jam and Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Got a lot to talk about today. Get some of your text on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. The Von Miller situation. Von Miller turning himself in to police yesterday in Texas. His on-again, off-again girlfriend who is currently pregnant. That uh, she um, is accusing him of, of assault. Incident that happened like 10.40 Wednesday morning. He turned himself into police yesterday. They had an issue before when Vaughn was at the Broncos when he lived in Parker. And no charges were filed in that incident. But this time, it's a different story. So, got some thoughts on that. Also, who do you think will be the four teams in the college football playoffs after conference football championship weekend text or call us chick-fil-a breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340 of course our show comes from the bozarth miller chevrolet buick studios the most trusted name in automobiles let's get to a couple of uh, texts this morning on this patchy friday kenny pretty cool article on Colorado school of mines football in the wall street journal now uh, kenny pays for it i don't pay for the wall street journal neither do i but there is an article uh involving I believe uh, it's John Matoka. Yeah, okay, it's John Matoka. Because they've got the picture of John Matoka, Harlan Hill winner, the D2 equivalent of the Heisman, the, the very talented quarterback at Colorado School of Mines. But remember all the funny pictures all of All the them? crazy haircuts. Or John Matoka's got the little little braids in the front and everything. And, yes. And it uh, looks like they drew a mustache on him or something or whatever. So classic. That uh, the article's... The computer science major leading college football's nerdiest contender. And uh, apparently he's already received a job offer. And um, set an all-time college football record. Set the RMAC touchdown record, by the way. All-time touchdown record. And so um, there's a nice piece if you have uh, the Wall Street Journal to uh, check out John Matoka as they get ready to uh, take on Central Washington. Uh, that's tomorrow at... Uh, Marv K Stadium. Or ask your grandfather if he if you can borrow his subscription. <laughs> Granddad. Wait, are you saying Kenny's like an old guy? Is that what you're trying to say here? That Kenny's like an old man? No. <laughs> okay. Kenny, I didn't say that. Cake did. Keep that in mind. Uh, so we got one from Mike and Scottsdale. Listen on the mobile app. Uh, yeah, the movie I was talking about, and thank you, Mike, because I didn't have time to look it up. Uh, Canadian Bacon it was Alan Alda as the president, and it was uh, John Candy's last movie, where there was the um, there were, the threat were, of invasion from Canada. They were, they were ba- basically looking for somebody to be the scapegoat, if you will, or a, a somebody to be the the whipping boy, the protagonist. And so, for it was a nineteen ninety five film. Uh, let's see. Brea Perlman from Cheers was in it. Kevin Pollack. It's been a lot of uh, a lot of films. 
he was in it as well. That's like a stacked cast right there. The uh, controversial Michael Moore, the film producer, has a minor ah. role in it, and it was also directed by him as well, so that is part of it. And yeah, but it was, I remember it when it came out, um, that the, the plot was that there's former employees in Niagara Falls, New York, that are, are outraged with military businessman R.J. Hacker who had closed down his weapons manufacturing plant. And so he puts the blame for the shutdown on the president, Alan Alda, who had just been elected to office. president defends his belief that the future of children is more important than war, which caused major decline in his approval rating. And so he has to find a foe, and Canada becomes the the, the next great threat to American democracy and freedom. Yeah, that sounds like a Michael Moore film. Yeah. So anyway, that was that was I think. Where was that film that they we, we blame Canada? Blame Canada. Blame Canada. All right. Let's see what else. Do we have a winner, by the way? This yes, morning? we do. Okay. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Not Mike from Scottsdale, but a different Mike. Mike correctly answering the Minot Dome in Minot, North Dakota. All right. In North Dakota, eh? Oh, yeah. Uh, congratulations. Literally, when I was coming up with this clue, I was like, I wonder how close, speaking of Canada, I was like, I wonder how close Minot is to North Dakota. It is literally 55 minutes, and it's a straight line. You take the highway, and you just go. And you and there you are, right at the Canadian border. Went with the Mesa football team one time to North Dakota when they played in the dome up there, and it it was just so weird because I that's as far north as I've ever had ever been to that point, and since then I've gone to Alaska and everything. But at right. that point, farthest point north that I've ever been, and it was so weird to see the Canadian flag in the parking lot. <laughs> With the American flag. It was yep. just it was just really weird to see. It's like, what's the deal with this? Because Grand Forks is like sixty miles, I think, from the Canadian border, something like that. Sure. It's not it's not insanely far. So yeah, that was a, a very unique experience. Uh many, many years ago. Uh let's see. We've got one from Dylan this morning, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. Sad to hear about Vaughn. But after let the situation play out, Broncos get to, to C.J. Stroud and win Sunday. Do you guys think NFL officiating is getting worse and officials need to be held more accountable? Do officials get graded on consistency? Would love referee officials press conference after every game? So I think, I don't know if it's getting worse. I think we are getting more and more exposed to it because of the rise of sports betting. Absolutely. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I believe it was the Rich Eisen show on the team the other day. I was listening to a little bit of it before Four o'clock uh, later on today. Right here on the team. I uh, was listening to a little bit of it the other day, and they were talking. I don't remember who they were talking with, but they were talking with somebody about how the scrutiny of officiating, you know, it's always been around, but especially in a post-Saints-Rams NFC Championship game with pass interference, non-call, and all that, there was 
this conversation about how we need the to Des improve. Bryant catch, no catch, Packers, Cowboys. The, the replacement refs and Green Bay Seattle game. The screw up on Thanksgiving and the coin toss when the Steelers played. You know, you can go with numerous examples like we just did about NFL officiating and and its impact on the games. I don't know if it's getting worse. It's not great. Well, here's a few things to, to chew on. And according to the NFL, this is from the NFL, so keep that in mind. There's, take a big... From the almighty big, shield. Giant, uh, you know, take this with a giant grain of salt. That they say officials are typically accurate on 98.9% of calls. So how it works, officials are graded. Highest graded officials are given postseason games. And those who've had subpar performances don't get to work the postseason. Um, there have been cases where there have been, for example, Judge Hugo Cruz was fired midseason after he missed a false start in week six between the Browns and Chargers. And it was based not just on that particular blown call, but a pattern of blown calls over a period of time by him. And so he did not meet their, their standards anymore. And so they... They cut him loose. And it was the first midseason firing an official in the Super Bowl era when they did that back in 2018. And <laughs> officiating supervisor, by the way, also attends one game in person each week, not only evaluating tape of the games and the evaluation of officials, but they also do, do an in-person eval as well. And I think there's something to be said about what the NFL could do to make referees' jobs easier. For example, Sky Judge. I I don't necessarily I get the I get where you're coming from about the press conference. I don't know if we necessarily need a press conference, but again, borrowing from other pro football leagues like the XFL or the USFL, the idea that we can we ought to be able to, as fans watching at home on TV hearing the conversations between replay and the officials okay what do you see here well i saw this well they called it here because that more than anything gets you into the mindset of okay that's what they're seeing that's why they called it that way you can still disagree but at the end of the day what probably infuriates football watchers more than anything is just why why did you not call it that way? What are your justifications for, for calling it one way or the other? And if it's an explanation that makes sense, you go, okay, I may not like it. It may negatively impact my team. But at least I understand where they're coming from. Right. That's something that is crucially lacking right now in, in the NFL is there is a pretty severe lack of transparency on the part of why the refs call things the way that they call them and why they don't call them. Well, and typically you'll have an official, usually the referee, meet with a pool reporter, somebody selected from those that they cover, they're covering that game, to get an explanation. Like last night, example, Clee Blakeman was the referee in the, the Cowboys-Seahawks game. And Brady Henderson of ESPN.com was the one that talked with Clee Blakeman, Blakeman because there was the... Pete Carroll's upset about the number of the total number of penalties last night. And there was one in particular that, that bothered Pete Carroll. This ties into what, what we're talking about with Dylan's text. That uh, 
Seahawks were flagged for delay of game before Jason Myers' field goal attempt. That was in the first quarter. And then Myers ended up missing from 42 yards. Carroll was yelling at officials on the sideline and said after the game, it's officials aired by not restarting the play clock after spotting the ball. But Clay Blakeman told Brady Henderson of ESPN.com that the operation was correct. The Blakeman said the ball was not respotted, but the officials had to spot the kicking ball that gets swapped in, in ahead of field goal attempts. And Blakeman said, following a play like that, third down, going to fourth down, we have a process as it relates to transitioning the balls in and out if the kicking team is coming out or not. The scrimmage ball is transitioned and the kicking ball is, trans- is out and the kicking ball is transitioned in. The umpire spots the ball and he said, I'm dealing with eligibles reporting in and kicking team in that regard. So this process, there was no real delay to either the scrimmage ball going out or the kicking ball coming in. It was just a normal process. Now, of course, at the end of the down, the 42nd clock kicks in. We felt like there wasn't any undue delay in any way. It was a normal procedure. And Pete Carroll also admitted that he screwed up by not signaling a timeout earlier during the whole process. And on that particular play, this is from Blakeman, nobody on our crew indicated that Pete was attempting to call a timeout at all. So you had that kerfuffle last night, part of Thursday Night Football, which it was early on. And, and see, that's not a huge kerfuffle because it's not like Pete Carroll played a role in his in, own demise. In, in, in his own problem there. And if we're, if we're being that guy, how is it the ref's fault that Jason Sanders missed a 42-yard field goal, which for an NFL kicker is a reasonable distance that you ought to make those. If you're a paid professional kicker in the NFL, 42 yards, yeah, I kind of think you should make those most all the time especially in a controlled environment like, say, the Dallas Cowboys domed stadium. AT&T, yes, and inside, of course. Now, something like the flagrant missed pass interference in that Rams-Saints game from the championship game, you know, that, that one has an impact. That one has a legitimate impact because that's yardage that New Orleans could have used that would have allowed them to go down and score. You know, that's, that had a, the, the fail Mary game, that qu- quite literally determined an outcome of a game. When refereeing, when officiating has a tacit, actual impact on the outcome of a game when it really shouldn't, that's when fans get very frustrated and then compound it with what I believe to be a lack of transparency in a lot of ways. Like this pool report, for example. And again, I don't know if refs need to go do a press conference because how many times have you listened to a coach or player or whoever press conference after a game and thought, yeah, this is the most enlightening, (laughs) you know, this is the pinnacle of learned information here here's my thing about that do we do that in any other sport where there's a press conference with the officiating crew no no but what you're saying makes a lot of sense sky judge i don't need a press conference because i'm hearing exactly what they're talking about yeah there's total transparency there and the xfl got it right with sky judge 
the NFL has yet to. They, they do have the war room back in New York, and they do look at plays, but not to the extent with the transparency that the XFL provided. Where it was official at the stadium, there with in the building, with the mo- with with all the monitors, the ability, with the camera angles to watch it and go, hey, you missed that. By the way, quick confirmation. Yep, he got uh, he got both feet in. Where they're already there at the stadium, mm-hmm. and they're they're as much involved in the crew on the field as they're they're not just a a distant observer that occasionally chimes in. Well, okay, yeah, he did get two feet in. It's a touchdown. They were an active participant. In it. Hey, you missed it. You missed. There was a hold on the on on that on the tight end. You missed one, and, and they were able to, and they were able to be in, more involved, an active participant in not only transparency but also getting calls right. Yeah, real time officials. It's tough, and and, and then for those that want to complain about officiating, go officiate something. Right, little league baseball game, junior football game. Go do it, and see how difficult it is to do. It's it, it's very very difficult. And then you take it to the NFL level, where guys are insane freak, world class athletes making incredible plays, moving so quickly, that's tough. I'm, I'm kind of, it sounds like I'm defending officials here. I am to a degree that it's a tough job. If you're going, if, but if betting has now become the thing that's going to motivate people and there are even larger complaints about it, then that's where Sky Judge, a more active participant with the crew at the field, to me, becomes essential. And the thing, too, you know, getting back to something we were talking about earlier, there's things that the league can do to make official jobs easier, like Sky Judge. There's also the... There's times when automatic review kicks in if it's a touchdown or if it's a turnover. Those things work if the situation calls for the ref to make the make the quote-unquote call that would automatically trigger. So, like, for example, the touchdown that the Broncos had last week uh, where the tight end, Adam Troutman, Troutman, tough play because he was right on the sideline in the end zone. That was a tough, that was a tough thing to determine in real time. And it, and it was. So the ref no-called it, said it was incomplete, said it was not. Now, that meant that Sean Payton had to throw the challenge flag and say, we think he's in. And they got the challenge right, and they got the call right eventually. But what I think the ref could have, would have, should have done, and again, it's a tough call, and you're right, and maybe in real time it doesn't look that way. But what you do in a situation like that, I think, just to save face, is you make the call, touchdown, and immediately go automatic review. Let's go look at it. Because, or better yet, just cut the middleman out and say, we're going to review that, period. Because... I, but that's where, that's where Sky Judge. Because exactly. Sky Judge would be automatically involved going, hey, that's a touchdown. Yeah. They would, be, they would clean up a lot. No, they'd speed things up and clean up a lot of mistakes. And catch the missed calls. And, and, I, and I think pass interference, which they did try to review years ago, that didn't and, work. and then walked away from it. Then you could, with the, the sky judge component, you could look at that and review that. That could be part of the process because they're going to be essentially like they are part. They are part of the crew on the field 
but they have this eye in the sky with multiple, you know, multiple camera angles. Bird's eye view. To, to clean up a lot of these things. All right. So uh, coming up, uh, we'll take a look at uh, the state championship football games. Cherry uh, Creek Columbine. A couple of historic Ooh. coaches going at it in that one over at Canvas Stadium tomorrow uh, in the 5A state championship game. So we'll, uh, we'll dive into that a little bit. Also the, the 4A game between uh, Erie and Palmer Ridge as well and uh, the 3A game. So uh, we'll dive into that coming up in a few minutes. Uh, we're going to have our football picks coming up in just a moment. Uh, let's see, got a couple of texts here. Got one from Dustin. He uh, won pigskin pick him, and he said, where can I, when can I pick up my prize? A reminder, by the way, if you win a prize, number one, you're automatically qualified for the never-ending contest. So, uh, and Tom Garreau was the winner uh, with the, the prize from Owl's Nest this last weekend. Uh, this time out, by the way, Mesa Jewelers, you can win diamond earrings, almost a uh, $6,500 value with uh, diamond stud earrings, um, MesaJewelers.com, by the way. So that's the prize for December. But anytime you want a uh, contest on the radio station, you're qualified for the never-ending contest. But if you're going to pick up your prize, your, your weekly prize, whether it's Pop Picks and Pick em or, or it's one of the, the contests on the show, we're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Monday through Thursday, excuse me, closed on Fridays. Monday through Thursday, 8 to 5, we are closed on Fridays. But uh, Dustin went on to say, uh, you guys do amazing work. Valley appreciates uh, all the coverage and the work uh, you do every year. So thank you, Dustin. Appreciate that. That was very nice of you uh, to say. Uh, Mike in Scottsdale, Sparky, who was in here earlier from Caprock Academy, is Mike in Scottsdale's nephew. Now, I have to wonder, and, and we didn't get a chance to ask him, how did he get the name Sparky? It's a little, little spark plug, little I guess. spark plug. Gets things going. If I would have known that, uh, Mike from Scottsdale would have uh, probably quizzed your nephew more on, uh, is Mike in Scottsdale, is he, a, is he a good uncle? Does he give you nice Christmas presents? I mean, I know you live out in Arizona now. It's a little bit distance, but still, you can... We have you know, the mail system for a reason. It's all, that, it's all the UPS and FedEx and all that stuff, too. Uh, let's, I think we're pretty much caught up on our text right now. So yes. uh, if you would like to offer up an opinion today on the Von Miller. Himself into police in Texas yesterday after being accused of, of assaulting his girlfriend, his pregnant girlfriend. Also, who do you think will be the four teams for the college football playoffs after conference championship games this weekend? All right, we will take a break. We'll come back. And up next, the Pope will join us. It's our fearless football picks this morning on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com. Cuckoo, loony, and crazy. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Back 926, Jim and Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Von Miller in some very serious trouble after uh, accusations and charge of assaulting his pregnant girlfriend yesterday. Just got some thoughts on that. Uh, also, who do you think will be the four teams? We'll get to that coming up. We'll have our predictions on, on that uh, in just a little bit. Also, uh, preview the 5A, 4A and three state championship football games. Uh, of course, the first two at Canvas Stadium for the first time ever. 
and then uh, the 3A game over at uh, CSU Pueblo. But uh, joining us right now is Eminence the Pope. Good morning, Petey. How are you? What it is, fellas, this is Friday number five. I'm counting down. I have five Fridays left, and then I'm done. Five, four, three, two, one, done. Blast off. Blast off into retirement for you, There you sir. go, baby. There uh, you go. All right. So, so are you getting a little up? Is it getting a little more bittersweet? A little more reminiscing and thinking, okay, this is, there's only like now four more Fridays, and this will be one of like the last times I park the car in the parking lot and go to my yeah, office. And... I'm going through a little bit of that reminiscing thing. They, they finally posted the position, so I'll be in a position to help hire my replacement, and that'll be good trying to help somebody to fill in the shoes and do all of that. And Yeah, yeah it's all good. It's good, though. It's good. Okay. So uh, how did things go for us last week? So we did pretty good last week. Uh, we had Petey go 5-1. and one. Yeah. Jim, you and I went four and two, and the Buckeye boy went three and three. So that puts us at Jim and Rio at 41 and, four, uh, 41 and 31, tied for first place, and Petey and myself at 40 and 32 in second place. So it's tight. Very tight. Oh, I moved up to second place. Yeah. So, Petey, if you do well this week, you could vault all the way into first place, assuming Jim and Rio and myself completely tank this week. So, it is anybody's game here in week 13 of Pile Pigskin Pick'em. All right. All so, right. Uh, Petey, for you. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of the women. All right. So, well done. Well done, Petey. All right, thanks. <laughs> Gracious in victory is Petey Pope. <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, wait, wait, what was that like? All right, thanks. all right, all right. Thanks. Very like, Belichick, running it was, Cincinnati. It was very, it was very. Do you really like that comparison? Very Bill, Bill Belichickian. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. That was all right. That was all right. I'll take it. It's okay. Uh, here we go. All anyway, right. time to get into uh, pigskin pick'em. Welcome to another edition of. Okay, yeah, let's ride. Here we go. All right, we start with the Pac-12 title game, the last ever of its kind. Mm -hmm. The Oregon Ducks and the Washington Huskies. Oregon is a nine and a half point favorite. I am taking the Ducks. Rio's taking or the Huskies. Oregon's a nine and a half point favorite? That's what I saw. It, it could very well have changed, but when I checked, it was a nine and a half point it might have opened at nine and a half. I don't know if it's changed, but nonetheless, I'm going to Oregon. Rio's going Huskies. Petey, what say you? Oregon's got a really good offense, man, and the Huskies have a really good defense. But I'm going to go with the Ducks, but I don't think it's going to be a nine-point game. I think this is going to be a field goal game. This is going to be – this is going to come down to the last field goal, but I like the Ducks' consistency throughout the year. Yeah, I'm just looking around here because I hadn't, I hadn't seen that that line. Nine points. Ten, I'm seeing ten on one. Wow. Um, I'll go Ducks. You know, I like Washington. I like Michael Penix, but I don't know. Wise guys are onto something maybe here. Uh, Three-point win the last time. Washington beat Oregon. I'll Tough to beat a team. The old cliche, it's tough to beat a team, to beat twice, a team twice, twice. Yeah. 
I'll, I'll take Oregon in this one. All right, next, the SEC title game, Alabama and Georgia. Aga is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm taking the dogs. Rio's taking the dogs. Petey, what say you? Man, this, this, is a, this is a tough one because Alabama always plays good in, in big-time games. But mm-hmm. uh, Georgia has been hot for a year. And I think that they'll find a way to elevate their game and, and knock off the Crimson Tide. So I'm going to go with the dogs, Bulldogs. Yeah, Alabama's been red hot, man. Uh, Georgia's a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this. Mm, I'm tempted. Tempted. You're tempted? Dylan Milrow's been playing really well. You're tempted? Mm-mm. Think long, think long. Georgia. Oh, Georgia. <laughs> I'm going to take Georgia. All right. Moving on to the almighty shield. The Detroit Lions and the New Orleans Saints. Detroit, a... Oh, wait a minute. No Iowa, Michigan? Here we go. No Iowa, Michigan? Here we go. Oh, that's... I knew it. I knew that Here was coming. I was waiting for it. Big, I was waiting for that title game? I was waiting for that can, one. Can boy. Iowa score more than three points? No. <laughs> no, okay, I'm fine with it. Go ahead. I'm fine. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just razzing it. Anyway. Oh, man. Lions and Saints. Detroit, a four and a half point home uh, road favorite. Excuse me. Uh, I'm taking Detroit. Rio's taking the Lions. Petey, what say you? I'm going to go Lions, too. I just think they're a bit more consistent than the Saints this year. So I'm going to go Detroit. Give me knee biters. Give me the Lions. The fighting knee biters. Knee biters. Next, a rematch of last year's NFC Championship game, the San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. San Fran, a three-point road favorite. Whoa, that's too much. That being said, I'm taking the Eagles. Rio's also taking the Eagles. Petey, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm, the Eagles, they just find a way to win. That was a big uh, comeback against the Bills in the rain, man. And I just think they're going to be able to eat one out against the Niners. So I'm going to go with the Eagles. Yeah. NFC Championship game rematch, right? That's what I... Yep. Um, I'm going to take the Eagles. Okay. Next up, Buckeye Boys, Cleveland Browns taking on the Los Angeles Rams, who once upon a time were the Cleveland Rams (laughs) in like the 20s. Nonetheless, Los Angeles, three and a half point home favorite. I'm taking the Rams. Rio in a shock is also taking the Rams. Petey, what say you? Look, I hear Joe Flacco is going to start for the the Browns this week. And if that is true, but but what's his name? The defensive end. Uh, Miles Garrett. Miles name. Garrett, yeah. Yeah, Miles Garrett has a, a bad wheel, I mean, a bad shoulder. So, but the defense is good. The Rams are not really that strong of a team. But I don't want to pick Cleveland because they're in my division. <laughs> I don't want to pick Cleveland. But, okay, I'm in the standings. I'm going to go Browns oh. with the win over the Rams. I'm okay. going to go Browns. Okay. All right. Well, um, Mari Cooper says watching Joe Flacco is like throwing the balls like poetry in motion. He, did not, like, nothing, he did not say nothing, that. That's what he said. Yeah. Nothing yep. like uh, nothing like uh, kissing up to your your new quarterback. Your 400 year old quarterback. <laughs> it's 30. <years. laughs> He's won a Super Bowl. Leave him alone. 
That's it. Leave, leave Joe Flacco alone. 38, man. He's not 1,025. He's not Sorry. Methuselah. Not Methuselah. 38. <laughs> 38, man. I'm going Rams in this one, though. All right. Last but not least, 9 o'clock in the morning, countdown to kickoff on the Team Sports Network. C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans host Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Oh, man. I confidently take the Denver Broncos in this game. Rio is also taking the Broncos, which actually has me quite terrified. Petey, what say you? The Broncos are trying to look like a, a playoff team. These last four or five games, they, they, they are looking say, like... trying. They trying. They trying. They are looking like a playoff team. Thank I'm giving. I'm giving them credit because they have changed things around from the seventy points. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna jump on the wagon. Go Broncos. Go. I think they'll be able to beat the Texans. Sixteen turnovers forced by this defense during the five game winning streak. Sixteen turnovers. Yep. Okay. And all sixteen. Russ is only thrown for like 2,100 yards, but got 20 touchdowns, four interceptions, something like that. He's taking care of the football. C.J. Stroud, look, give it to him now. He's your AFC Offensive Rookie of the Year. There's, totally. There's no doubt about it. Totally. Houston's going to be tough there. D'Amico Ryans has done a great job with that team. But you know where my heart lies. Oh, the Denver Broncos. That's right. <laughs> the Denver freaking Broncos there you to go. make it six in a row. As Cake mentioned, pregame at, at nine, kickoff at 11, the Sunday Broncos and the Houston Texans. And a quick reminder, December 16th, by the way, they have moved the Lions game to a night game at 6.15. A Saturday night game. Saturday night game right here on the team. Saturday night. Saturday night. All right, Petey, enjoy uh, once again the... The, the final hours, minutes, as they tick by, like uh, the grains of sand in an hourglass for you. Oh, man, I, I just got just want to share this with you guys for just a half second. Go right One in. of the things that I am going to miss, I had a student tell me at Fruit of Monument High School, we were approving a service dog and everything, and they said that he's getting ready to retire. And you know what this little girl said? No, you can't go. I like you. You're a really good person. Don't retire. Jim, that just kind of like makes your day because that's what it's all about. That's why we do this job is for these kids, man. And I went home on cloud nine that day, and that's the things that I'm going to miss, the impact that I've had with these kids over the last 21 years. Now, the little darlings, you're going to miss them. The little darling. I know you. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. You too, Petey. Take care. All right. All right. Uh, Bye-bye. All right, Petey, join us in the program this morning. I mean, he's been doing it for a very long time. Oh, very yeah. long time. All right. Uh, who do we have on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line? Jude on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Okay. Good morning, Jude. How are you? Hey, good. Good. What's on your mind, Jude? Uh, it was, well, uh, the Denver Broncos. And uh, I agree with Jim Davis. He, he's going with his heart, but it's real. It, the, it turned from... Bad defense is a good defense overnight, right? Yeah, I, I, it's been a process, Jude. I, I think that 
when when the Broncos got you know, gave up the seventy to to the Dolphins, they they were missing Justin Simmons. Uh, I believe DJ Jones is at that time as well. Uh, Justin does such a great job, you know, kind of quarterback in the back end of their defense. Uh, the uh, Jaquan McMillan emergence in, in that secondary has been huge for them. Uh, they forced this, as I mentioned, the sixteen turnovers during the, the five game winning streak. I think they just they yeah. didn't they didn't freak out. They sat down and looked at the tape. They realized we're, we're missing some guys here. There were some guys like Damari Mathis starting that should not be starting, and Fabian Moreau has replaced him at that other cornerback spot opposite Patrick Sertan. They didn't panic, and that, that's the thing I liked. A one and five, it wasn't after and after getting blown out. They didn't panic, and it was everybody wanted to fire Vance yeah. Joseph and all that. And I understand. Yeah, why. everyone was ready to fire him. And yeah, Sean Payton yeah, credibly stayed with him. And that's when it turned around. Absolutely. And sometimes it, it, people are impatient. People want guys to be fired. They want heads to roll. They want stuff like that to happen, and particularly with Vance Joseph, who, you know, did has not a history here has, in Denver. Yeah, has a less than in stellar Never history. Never sold Yeah. And so I, I think that when you have those things that Sean Payton did what he thought was right, and it's turned into be the, the right decision to, to keep uh, VJ as the, the defensive coordinator. Hey, Jude, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. Hey, yeah. Hey, you, uh, you want. Uh, New Year's Eve Bronco tickets, club level, give them away. I got you. Okay, well, you might uh, hold the line, and yep. uh, we'll we'll get that information. We'll have uh, Kate get that information. From. That's a great. That yep. Jude, that's really nice. You will. Uh, we're gonna have uh, Kate get the information from Jude, and we'll go from there. Cool. That's uh, very nice of him. All right, nine forty. Jim along with uh, Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. It's time for the state in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, we go back to 1954. At that time, the, the biggest trade in Major League Baseball history, Yankees and the Baltimore Orioles complete a swap of 17 players, including Yankee legend Don Larson. So the trade saw the Yankees acquired Don Larson, of course, would go on to throw the only World Series no-hitter, perfect game in the World Series. Also, pitcher Bob Turley, who uh, in 58 won the Cy Young and also won a World Series MVP as well. And so, uh, but the Orioles also made up pretty good. Uh, Gus Triandis would become a four-time All-Star and uh, five-time World Series champion Gene Woodling, part of that uh, 17 player trade. Also on this day, 1981 and 1991, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar moved into second place in the all-time scoring list, and Isaiah Thomas became the Pistons' all-time points leader. Hall of Fame uh, retirement, uh, Ernie Banks officially retired as a player on this day and joined the Cubs coaching staff. Of course, uh, Ernie Banks, one of the all-time great Cubs, uh, two-time MVP, 14-time All-Star, and also coined the, the wonderful phrase, let's play two. Uh, that uh, many baseball fans uh, have loved over the years. Uh, let's go out and play, too. Let's uh, spend the day at the ballpark. Also, on this day, 2019, Andy Dalton, Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson all make history on the same day. Andy Dalton connected with Tyler Boyd for his 198th career touchdown pass to break Ken Anderson's Cincinnati Bengals franchise record. Uh, also, you had Derek Carr making Raiders history. Uh, he was on the end uh, of, of a loss, but uh, he completed 20 of 30 for 222 and a touchdown, two interceptions, but became the first Raiders player to ever complete 
2,000 career passes. They faced off against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, who uh, was through for uh, 175 yards, but his first quarter touchdown pass marked the 70th of his career in just 27 games, being the record of 29 games played set by Dan Marino as the fastest ever to the 70-mark milestone. And uh, also you had um, Lamar Jackson, who, uh, of course, put together uh, an MVP season. He had uh, his fourth 100-yard game on the ground to make, break Michael Vick's former record for a quarterback. So uh, those records falling on this day uh, with Andy Dalton, Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. All right, we will take a break. We'll come back, uh, talk a little bit about the uh, state championship football games tomorrow over on the Front Range. Uh, sadly, no uh, Western Slope teams involved, but uh, but still uh, state championship games are going on tomorrow in the Front Range. We'll talk about that coming up next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. It's the Western Slope's home of Colorado sports. This is the Jim Davis Show. Welcome back, 947. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. All right, uh, some more news about Von Miller. This comes from uh, X and uh, from the uh, WFAA TV station. It's uh, Don Kleiman that covers the NFL, but uh, some of this information comes from uh, Dallas area TV station WFAA that um, Von Miller's alleged assault victim says no one assaulted anyone. She now claims the incident has been blown way out of context. Previously, in a 911 call obtained by WFAA, the woman claimed to have been hit and choked with bruises all over me. He pulled my hair out. I have like some blood on me, but not like in it. Yeah, I don't know. When she said if she, when she was asked if she needed medical attention, but now she says we're fine. Things were blown way out of context. This is actually outrageous. No one assaulted anyone. This is insane and sad. What? But you called the cops. You called the police. If it was no big deal, then why did you call the police? If that is the case. When you, and once again, you hear stuff like this, and this is where you go, okay, Vaughn, why are you still in this relationship? Why is she still in this relationship? <sighs> anyway. That is the latest on that. She's now saying it's been blown out of proportion. All right, tomorrow over at uh, Canvas Stadium, home of the CSU Rams football team, will be the first time ever that Canvas Stadium has hosted the state championship football games, the 5A and 4A games. And so on the 5A game tomorrow, you got a couple of legendary coaches going at it. Dave Logan and Sherry Creek taking on Andy Lowry and Columbine. And uh, these two guys' is rivalry Started back in the early 90s. Nice article in the Post about this when, when Dave Logan was at Arvada West and uh, Andy Lowry was at Lakewood. For Dave Logan, he's won 11 state championships. And that's across the three schools that he's been a head coach at. Yeah, correct. A. West, Chatfield, Mullen, and now Cherry Creek. The, stop, I mean. the stops that, that you know, Dave Logan's had. So, and like I said, Andy Lowry's very successful. Logan won his first matchup against Lowry in 94 when Arvada West beat uh, Andy Lowry. He's his first year as the head coach at Columbine. 
So like I said, it goes back a long, long way or a long you know, period of time between these two. And the Bruins beat Valor Christian last December, gave Logan his 11th championship, 16 title game appearances in 31 years. Andy Lowry's won five titles with Columbine, by the way. So uh, uh, he's certainly had a, uh, a lot of success as well. But um, you, know, you look at this matchup, and uh, obviously uh, guys are going to go play at the D1 level. Um, left tackle, A.J. Burton, left guard, Hayden, Treader, uh, some of the guys that are the, the top players in this. And that's a 3 o'clock kick tomorrow, by the way, at Canvas Stadium for the 5A game. Burton's going to go to Iowa State. Treader's going to go to uh, Southern California. So um, a, a very star-studded matchup tomorrow uh, when you just look at a couple things in terms of Points per game. Um, Cherry Creek's averaging 37.6 per game. Columbine, 41.5 per game in that matchup tomorrow. You also have the um, the 4A matchup, which Montrose is hoping to be part of. Unfortunately, they came up short in that loss to Erie. And uh, that'll be 11 o'clock tomorrow over at Canvas Stadium. And uh, the top two seeds in this year's 4A state football playoffs, uh, Palmer Ridge 13-0, Erie is 12-1, Blake Barnett, of course, the, the dynamic quarterback at uh, at Erie High School that's a Kansas State commit. Uh, the uh, Erie offense averages 30 points per game, Palmer Ridge 37.9, and for Palmer Ridge, uh, they're guided by uh, Derek Hester, who was the incredible, had the incredible sophomore season, over 2,000 yards and 25 touchdowns, but has uh, grown and developed over the course of time, now a senior for that football team and uh, has his team on the cusp of uh, trying to finish off an undefeated run for the state championship. And uh, those games, of course, tomorrow over at Canvas Stadium. And uh, if you have Altitude, by the way, they'll be on Altitude TV uh, for those broadcasts tomorrow. And then the 3A game is 1 o'clock at CSU Pueblo. Then it's Holy Family taking on Lutheran in that one. And... uh, Holy Family twelve and one. Lutheran is eleven and two. And just you know, looking at some of the the numbers between these two teams as far as points per game, both prolific offenses. Lutheran averages over averages over thirty eight points per game. Holy Family over thirty six points per game. And you got a couple of really good running backs. Uh, Dominique Gabriel averages over one hundred and one yards per game on the ground for Holy Family. Lutheran uh, Sawyer Wald averages over a hundred yards a game. So that's one o'clock over at CSU Pueblo coming up tomorrow. So uh, just a quick look at uh, some of those state championship matchups uh, tomorrow on the front range. Time to open up the lid and hop in. It's garbage time. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis show on the team. All right, what do you have today, Cake? Well, I didn't get a chance to play this for Four Down Territory, so this is part of the brand-new Nike commercial that uh, Coach Prime is in. And all it is, literally all it is, is he is sitting in front of the camera and a black screen behind him, and he's just talking. Now, let me tell y'all something about dreams. Listen up, because this is something I found out a long time ago that goes against everything you see in a movie on TV, or what your great-grandma may have told you when you were a kid. See, dreams don't happen overnight. (laughs) That ain't how it works. See, they come to you in the daylight. You gots to be awake. Cause baby, you got to run dreams down. 
See, that chase, that chase, that chase is what we learn the most about ourselves. So that's part of it. Okay. And I feel like the uh, the people who came up with that commercial were like, listen, just be you. We're not going to have be a script. The, be the preacher version be the, of Coach Prime. Exactly. And you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sure. <laughs> so um, Amazon Prime last night had the, the Cowboys-Seahawks game, and they always promo the, the, the next week's telecast. I saw this. And they usually have, like, the, the best player for each team in next week's matchup. Well. Well, next week it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, so they had T.J. Watt. Makes sense. On the, on the screen, on the, on the graphic. Makes sense. Well, the Patriots, <laughs> they had Bill Belichick. And the record of two and nine underneath them just makes it, oh, that much better. Because there's nobody on the Patriots right now, player-wise, <laughs> that's worth worthy it. enough to put on the preview shot for next week. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I'm, I'm sorry, but I am taking much... Great pleasure, much schadenfreude at the Patriots' demise. It uh, it feels great. Not breaking my heart to see uh, the Patriots and Belichick go through this. All right, that's our show. Don't forget today we'll have Cuddle Mesa basketball at Cuddle School of Mines, women's pregame at 5.15, minutes 7.30 tonight.